morning, Lamb of God. First, I'd like to thank you guys for inviting us here this morning. Um, it is a privilege to come and uh, worship in the house of God with you guys this morning. Worship team, thank you, thank you, thank you for ushering in the presence of God this morning. Um, you're the most important people in the house because you set the atmosphere and the tone for the services. So I want to thank you for that, Pastor. Thank you for inviting us. Um, Everybody knows a little bit about Teen Challenge, the history of it. They, are you all familiar with David Wilkerson and what he did in 1958? Um, I'll tell you a little bit. He went to New York. There was uh, some gang members, and uh, they were up for murder charges. And uh, God put a burden on David Wilkerson's heart to go to New York and uh, try to help these teenagers out. And uh, through that vision that he had, um, 1,100 centers got birthed throughout the world. Um, 250 in the United States, there's four here in Michigan, and uh, that one man's burden, you know, he was obedient to the voice of God, and uh, without that, you know, we wouldn't be here today. Um, we have a chance, every day we, we uh, minister to over 37,000 people, um, what an opportunity, you know, 37,000 lives are changed every day through Program Team Challenge. Um, this past fall, Mid-Michigan Teen Challenge, we celebrated our 45th anniversary in ministry, so that was a, a milestone for us, which was awesome. Um, it was good, you know, um, it's awesome. Um, so that's a little history. In 1974, Mid-Michigan Teen Challenge became Mid-Michigan Teen Challenge. 1970, it was Nikki Cruz Outreach Center. We changed the name to Mid-Michigan Teen Challenge in 74. We've been in existence ever since. Um, this thing keeps popping. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I get nervous up here, so if you can't tell, I'm nervous. Um, I'd like to recognize uh, Pastor Tony Johnson. She is our director. She's been in our ministry and involved with the ministry for over 23 years now. Um, she is our director, and uh, I'd like to recognize some of the volunteers, and I think we have a board member here today, uh, Charles Lang. If you would stand up, be recognized. He's way in the back. He's got my seat. <laughs> Amen. Um, I'd like to introduce our staff, too. Um, without these staff members, and this is what's cool, every staff member or emerging leader that we have is a graduate of, uh, graduate of our program. We've all been through the 12-month program, and uh, we decided to stay on and uh, minister to the students that are coming in. So if the staff members and emerging leaders would stand, we have a lot of them. But without these guys, we wouldn't be able to operate. Um, each one of us has a unique uh, gift from God, and it gives us the ability to minister to these guys and, and ladies here um, that are here today. Um, Teen Challenge. Our program is 12 months. We're very structured. 6.30 in the morning, we wake up. We do devotions. We read the Proverbs of the day. Um, and then we go into some of the New Testament. Um, when we, uh, go to, before we go to bed at night, we conclude with devotions. So it gives us the ability to read the Bible, basically about a, uh, the whole Bible in about a year. So each person that comes into our program gets to read the Bible that way. Um, we have word details, cooking cleaning, laundry, um, cooking, you know, we ask guys, can you cook? We throw them in the kitchen. We find out real quick they don't know how to cook. Um, 
we're blessed. We have guys here now that are on staff. Um, some of them are chefs. Um, so we have the ability to teach guys how to cook, which is a, which is a blessing. Um, I came into a program 130 pounds. I'm not 130 pounds no more, so. <laughs> we eat very well. Um, so it is a blessing. Um, each student has to go through over 40 classes uh, while they're in the ministry. Um, some of the classes are obedience to God, obedience to man, um, love and accepting myself. That's a big one. Um, when I came in a program, we went through Joyce Meyer's book, Battlefield of the Mind. Um, I tried to commit suicide, so my thoughts weren't right. Um, my thinking was messed up. It was pretty neat when I came that they were in that book. And I'm like, well, praise the Lord, you know. So I had a chance to, you know, rethink things and uh, think on better things, you know, like the, like the scripture says. Um, that's pretty cool. You know, it helped me out a lot. I'm thankful for that. Um, we do storefronts. We do fundraisers. We do car washes in the summertime. This past year, we started going down to the University of Michigan to do uh, concessions. We were there last night for a hockey game. Um, it gives us the ability to serve, um, tell people about Teen Challenge and, and what we do there. It's like a pay it forward. There's guys that can't afford to come into the program, so we raise them funds by doing that, and it helps out with guys you know, that, that, get, that can't afford to come to the program. We're not government-funded at all um, because we do teach Jesus Christ, you know, and uh, so that helps, helps out in them ways. Um, see what I'm missing? I think that's about it. Um, we have sign-up sheets in the back. If you're interested, uh, get a newsletter, see what's going on at Teen Challenge. Um, it keeps you updated. There is a sign-up sheet. We do have a, a project going on now. It's a prayer garden project. It's one of Pastor Tony's visions is to uh, dig up an old parking lot we had. We dug it up. Um, we put a gazebo right back smack dab in the middle of it. And now we're getting ready to plant in the spring. So if we have any gardeners, um, you want to spend some time with us, come down, help us out. There's a sign-up sheet in the back. Um, feel free to sign up for that or even the newsletter. Um, we won't bug you. It's once a month. Um, it's not, you know, nothing that's going to, you know, that you're going to have to press the button and say, no, I don't want this no more. So, um, and with that, I think I'm going to invite everybody up. Heard enough of my babbling, so. Good morning. My name's Amber. I attended church growing up, and I had a loving and supportive family, but I always felt an emptiness in me that I couldn't seem to fill. My life appeared like it was perfect on the outside, but on the inside I was very broken and angry. When I was a teenager, I was introduced to alcohol, and I was instantly hooked. I used alcohol as a way to escape reality, but it ended up enslaving me. I tried to find a purpose in my life thinking that my alcohol problem would just go away. So I attended college, I joined the army, I became a wife and a mother, but alcohol followed me closely and the more I tried to hide it, the stronger of a grip it had on me. 
after several failed attempts at sobriety, I decided that I would go to a faith-based program, and I entered into a relationship with God, but it was for all the wrong reasons. I was unable to completely surrender everything to him, and due to my pride, I walked away after 11 months thinking that I was fixed. I knew at the time that I was walking off of God's plan for my life, but I hadn't yet come to the end of myself, and I ran from God, but now I see that he was always right beside me. After that, I let sin enter my life little by little until it completely overpowered me. And a few years after that, I went through a very traumatic experience. And instead of reaching for my Bible, I reached for the bottle. And my life was downhill from there. I fell back into drinking, and it was worse off than it ever had been. I was drinking all day, every day. I had absolutely no hope of a future. I knew that I was dying, but I just could not put down the bottle. And the worst part was that I could drink away all the pain and all the hurt in my life, but I could never drink away the fact that God loves me and that he wanted better for my life. I gave up on myself, but God never gave up on me. He met me in my mess, and he wouldn't let me stay there. I ended up in Covenant Hospital in Saginaw, and that was not only two hours from where I was living, but it was conveniently right down the road from Mid-Michigan Teen Challenge. And I woke up in the ICU, and the doctors gave me several diagnoses, but topping the list, I was in liver failure and kidney failure. So I would need a liver transplant for any hope of a future. Um, I was devastated and had no idea what to do. So in desperation, I cried out to God, begging him for his guidance. And several weeks after that, he answered my prayers when I walked through the doors of Mid-Michigan Teen Challenge. Um, I was very weak and sick. I could barely walk. But I knew from the moment I walked through those doors that I was right where God wanted me. And I could feel his presence stronger than I had ever felt it before. Uh, the first... The first few months were very, very rough. I've always had a high pain tolerance, and the pain I was feeling was excruciating. And I was very hopeless because the doctors told me that I didn't have much time left, and my health was just, it was so unsure what was going to happen. But I just decided to let go and let God do what I couldn't and let his strength be made perfect in my weakness. And I decided that I would serve him whether I lived six more months or 40 more years. And he began to drastically transform my life from the inside out. Today, my kidneys are normally functioning and I don't need a liver transplant. My liver is healed. The doctors have said that there's no medical explanation as to why or how my health has turned around and that they don't understand it, but I do. God has called me to something greater than the nightmare I was just existing in. I should not be standing here today, but God intervened in my life and he put Teen Challenge on my path. Um, he's making miracles out of my mistakes and he's creating beauty for my chaos. I have a relationship with Jesus today, and I know that his love for me will never change, no matter what I do. And I've been able to completely surrender everything while being here and build a firm foundation on God's word. And when we did communion today, it made me think, today I drink to remember. I don't drink to forget. 
So I think that's really powerful. And God has completely changed my perspective on life. I now know how precious every minute of every day is. There is nothing that I take for granted, and I have so much more than I deserve, and that's only because of God's grace and his mercy. When I came into the program, I had absolutely no relationship with my family. I hadn't seen or talked to them in over four years, and that includes my daughter. And I've been able to restore those relationships, and I have a better relationship with my daughter and my family than I've ever had before. So God is so good, and he's changing me into the person he created me to be. A verse that helps me to always remain humble is Psalm 116, 8 and 9. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, and so I walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on earth. And I'm currently in the Emerging Leader Program, and I'm just taking everything day by day and enjoying being able to serve this ministry that not only saved me, but changed me. Thank you. Good morning. So uh, I'm all the way from Florida, and uh, that's where I was raised at. Um, the, the Bible says raise a child up the way it should go, and it will not depart from those ways. And I believe I'm only here today because of the prayers of my family raising me up the way I should go, and the church praying for me today, and I believe a lot of us are here because of prayer. Um, I, Me personally, I went in and out of the church about five times, but I just can't depart. You know, God's so faithful, he brought me back and brought me back, and he no longer has to bring me back. I'm going to stay this time, and that's my prayer, and uh, God is good, amen. So let's just sing a song today uh, with our hearts, and, and since we're here today to join together in fellowship, we're going to sing a song with y'all called Church. There was a time that I swore I would never go back I was blind to the truth, didn't know what I had I was running, I was searching But every place I turned for healing Left me more broken than the last Take me back to a place that feels like a home To the people I can depend on To the faith that's in my bones Take me back to a preacher and a verse Where they see me at my worst To the love I had at first Oh, I want to go to church I tried to walk on my own, but I wound up lost But now I'm making my way to the foot of the cross it's not a trophy for the winners It's a shelter for the sinners And I'm right where I belong Take me back To a place that feels like a home To the people I can depend on To the faith that's in my bones Take me back To a preacher and a bird Where they see me at my worst To the love I had at first Oh, I wanna go 
Kimberly, my story starts off um, being raised in a loving, godly home, and I accepted Jesus as my Savior at a young age, but that was pretty much the extent of it. I didn't realize the significance of what I was doing, and I had zero relationship with him. All I had was an unhealthy fear of losing both his love and my salvation if I sinned enough times. And this wrong thinking created in me a very shy, shame-based, timid spirit that I carried throughout life and that I believe kept me from God's best. So years later, well, four years later, I moved to Michigan right in the middle of high school where severe anxiety overtook me that I was able to mask and hide um, very well until after my freshman year of college when it escalated to disturbing racing thoughts and I fell into an eight-year battle with self-harm. And this battle negatively consumed me. It negatively affected me from the inside out and it got so bad that I had to drop out of college in 2012 and that's when I began to feel empty and purposeless. I, my self-harm consumed me day and night almost and I became a shell of a person struggling with anxiety, depression, and thoughts that my loved ones would be better off without me. And I was ignoring the Lord, and I had walked away from him at this point. But the beautiful thing about the Lord is that he never walked away from me. His hand of protection was always on me, no matter how far I strayed. And it, it, that was evident, because in early 2018, my family basically said, enough is enough. We refuse to continue to watch you do this to yourself. And I credit my father. He was the first one that suggested I come to a Christian recovery center. And through a series of God-ordained events, I came to Mid-Michigan Teen Challenge. And it's always hard for me to put into words exactly. It's always hard for me to put into words all that this program has done for me. But in short, it's given me my life back. It's given me a purpose and a hope that I never thought I would feel again. It's shown me that there is life after addiction. There is life after bad choices. And it's interesting because my self-harm wasn't something that I could physically put down like a drug or a pill. It was an addiction. And yes, I use the word addiction. It was an addiction for me that I brought into the program with me. But Teen Challenge has taught me how to lay it down at the feet of Jesus Christ every day and to not only have him fight my battles, but draw me into a real relationship with him that's based on love and not how I perform. And through this program, I've been able to overcome self-harm. I always say this, and it's true. I no longer feel the need to fix with self-harm what Jesus Christ already fixed on the cross. And 
Yeah, and it's it's amazing. Um, the restoration of my relationships with both family and friends is evident every single day. And a verse that I stand on is 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And today, I have a sound mind. Amen. Yes. <laughs> The next song that we're going to sing is a song about worship. So many things in life um, can be taken away from us, like our possessions or even the people we love. But our worship is something that the world, not that no one can take away from us, not the world or the devil himself. And so the choir and I would like to sing, I Have a Song.
And I get the honor and the privilege to live with the ladies. So when they come in, they come in, as you have heard, they come in broken, hopeless, homeless. So they're quick to tell me what they think of themselves. Not only did their family label them, but their friends or what the world's labeled them. But we're here to teach them different. It might take us a day, a two, a week. But through the Bible and through the love of Jesus Christ, we teach them who they are. This is my favorite part of the presentation because I can hold each one of those signs. So when you are watching this, what is holding you back from the love of Jesus Christ? It might not be drugs, alcohol, heroin, self-harm. But there's a lot of stuff out there that's holding us back for what God has for us. So I hope you enjoy this as much as I do. Thank you. Wash me in mercy. 
I'm no longer a slave. I'm no longer a slave to sin. Thank you, Jesus. Um, you guys see what the enemy meant for evil. God turns around and uses it for good. Um, he takes old, old things and he picks them up and makes them brand new. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, when I came to Teen Challenge, I ended up on the doorstep, suffered from a 12-year heroin and methamphetamine addiction. Um, I had no hope. But when I came in, I found hope through Jesus Christ, and it gave me a place to walk out my salvation. I don't think I could have did it back home. Um, I came from Indiana and never left. I've been here ever since. Um, I had to come out of my environment and learn how to walk this thing out, and I thank God today for this program. Um, I don't know where I would be without it. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you, Lamb of God, for your support and believing in our ministry. Um, it's very special here. My first year here, I, ended, I got a present, a Bible, from somebody in this church, and it's the Bible that I read to this day. Um, it's, it's where I meet Jesus Christ in that Bible, and I, I'm thankful for that today. I'm thankful for your support. Amen. Amen. Every one of you guys, you guys have a good holiday, and God bless every one of you. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing with us and uh, blessing us. And we're so excited about what God is doing in your life. And uh, I, I want to share a few uh, words with everybody today about hope. I kept hearing hope today. And, uh, and I want to give you some encouragement. I want to give the, uh, the group from Team Challenge some encouragement today about hope. I heard many people coming to a place where they lost hope or had no hope and and uh, how important hope is. And so we're talking about some really cool words around the Christmas season. Love, joy, peace. But today I'm sneaking in an extra one. Hope. How many of you need some hope? Right? And uh, what we're doing is we're kind of having a little fun with, uh, with these words because we're going back to the original Hebrew to find out what do these words really mean. And I've never done this before with these words. And I'm having a blast. It's amazing. The huge revelations uh, are coming to me as I just look at the, the words in the original language, and it's really helping me. Uh, last week, we talked about love, and the word uh, in Hebrew for love was ahava. And when we looked at it last week, we found out that it means to give, that love means to give. It's not an emotion or a feeling. It is an action, and it is giving. And we found out from Scripture that the highest form of love God demonstrated for us. It is not just giving things and stuff, but it is giving the ultimate highest form of love is to give yourself. And we see in scriptures that God lo so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He demonstrated his love to us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He gave his life for us. And then he left us with this commandment, a new commandment. As I have loved you, so now love one another. So we see that the essence of love is, and the calling of every Christian, and the, let me just put it this way, the ultimate goal in life is to learn 
ahava, how to give your life away. That's the ultimate goal in your life, is to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and to learn how to give your life away. And when you give your life away, Jesus says, you find it. When you try to find it for yourself, keep it, preserve it, you know, you lose it. But when you follow my example and you plant your life, invest it, give it, give your time, your energy, your prayers, your resources to to other people. As I have given to you, so you should give to others freely. I gave to you, now freely give. And when you follow in the footsteps of Jesus, you find life. Come on. Isn't that awesome? So that's what we talked about last week. And uh, that's, that's worth um, looking at some more. And if you missed the message, I think you can get it online and check it out. I would really high, highly encourage you to do that. I'm still learning from last week's message as the Holy Spirit's teaching me. It's just it's awesome. And so we love people by giving our life away, but we love God by, by actually the Scriptures teach us we love God because we can't give our life away. I mean, we give our heart to God, but we give our heart to God by obeying him. And as we obey him, we fulfill the commands of loving God and loving one another. And Jesus put it this way. He said, if you love me, keep my commands. But this isn't a pressure thing. This isn't a religious thing. This is something that God wants us to be able to experience his fullness of life in us. And so I just want to encourage you to kind of look into that. But the word today is tikvah. Tikvah. Everybody say tikvah. This is hope in uh, Hebrew, and it's four letters. I'm going to write it up here real quick. You can see it up there. Uh, actually, you probably want to look up there because my writing isn't as good as that cool stuff. And the first letter is Tav. The second letter is Kuf. The third letter is Vav. And the last letter is Hey. Okay, so we looked at this letter last week, Hey. But Tav is a picture of cross sticks, and it represents the cross. It represents the covenant that God has made with us. Because on a cross, Christ gave his life for you and for me. And he made a new covenant with his blood. A new agreement. A new deal. So he had the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, where it was like this. God said, here's my way. And all the people uh, said, oh, okay, we'll do that. We shook hands with God and said, we'll do everything that God has said. Dumb, right? We put all the pressure on ourselves to say, oh, yeah, we'll do that. And someone, someone was giving a testimony about, you know, this, uh, this perspective that I could lose God's love or I could lose God's salvation if I sin too much, right? So a lot of us grew up with that kind of thinking. It's stinking thinking, isn't it? And we think that we have to earn God's love. And so the Old Testament is all about us failing to live up to the perfect holy standard of God. It's impossible, So Jesus made a new covenant, the New Testament, where he says, no, 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 I'll do it. You just trust in me. How many of you like that one a lot better? All right, and he did it perfectly. So in Christ today, every one of us who profess faith in Christ, we have righteousness in God. There's nothing more we can do. We can't be any better than we are. If our faith is in Christ, Christ perfectly fulfilled the law. We have been made righteous in him. Hallelujah. So Tav, I love that letter. That's the covenant. That's the cross. That's what that stands for. This kuf uh, has a couple different pictures. One is a, 
a picture of like a sun on a horizon. Now, I'm, when I'm talking about pictures here, the Hebrew language, all the letters come from ancient pictures. This is like thousands of years ago. They were pictures. Then they became letters. And the Hebrew alphabet is what we believe that God, God created this language, and there's so much thick meaning to it. So we have these cross sticks, which we see represents the covenant. This is a picture of a sun on the horizon, which I like this verse. It's one of my favorite verses. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. As the, as the sun rises, it gets brighter and brighter till the full day. The path of the righteous, your path, my path, is like the light of dawn. It gets brighter and brighter till the full day, till Jesus returns. That's in reference to him returning. So until Christ comes, the best is yet to come for you. Somebody over here doesn't believe me. I didn't hear any cheering from this section over here. The best is yet to come. Okay, come on now. You got to help me out. The best is yet to come. There's another picture, though, and you can almost see it. And it's the picture of a back of a, of a person's head. Almost like, it's almost like a profile of a person, like, like this. Okay? Well, it's kind of like a picture of a, the back of a head. And one of the uh, interpretations of what it means is uh, that the children of promise, the children of promise. I think that's going to be important in a second. Vav is a picture of like a hook or a nail, and it's used to connect things. And I've talked about this, this letter before. Um, so it's a connector. Okay? And then finally, hey is a couple of different things. One, it's grace. It's the fifth letter in the alphabet. It stands for God's grace. And it also uh, represents to look or behold, behold or look. So let's look at this word in Hebrew, okay? It could mean something like this, okay? Children of the promise. You are made a child of the promise through or connected to the covenant of grace. This is really important. This is really important. Through faith in Jesus, you become a child of the promise in this covenant of grace that God has made possible for you, and that is where your hope lies. That's where your hope lies. As I was studying this, this word, this is very interesting. The first mention of the word hope is in Joshua chapter 2 in a story that you would be very surprised to, to, to see that there's a word in here and it's not translated in English as hope, but it is hope. So I want to read it to you, uh, part of the story. And it is when the Israelites were about ready to cross the River Jordan and take Jericho. Remember that story? And the walls came, they marched around seven times, the walls came down, and they took the first city, and they entered the promised land, the promised land. For 40 years, these guys grew up waiting. Mom and dad died. The whole generation above them died because they didn't believe in the promises of God. They didn't believe. So it wasn't that they weren't saved. They just didn't get into the promised land. They didn't get all that was possible that God had promised to them because they didn't believe. They didn't have hope in the Lord. They didn't hook their hope to God. They looked at the giants in the land. Remember the first time they sent spies into the land? They came back and there's a... A couple of them, Joshua and Caleb, who had a good report. And the other ten were all scared. Giants in the land. Remember that? They came back and everybody got afraid. They took their eyes off of God. They took their hope off of God. 
they put their eyes on themselves and said, we're only grasshoppers, but they're giants. And so they died in the desert. Now we have some more spies going to the land. 40 years later, another set of spies going to the land. And they meet this interesting character named Rahab. Bible says that she was a prostitute and that she had a home on the wall. And they found refuge with Rahab because the people from Jericho heard rumors that there were spies in the land. They came looking for them. And they came to Rahab's house and they said, where are those spies? We heard they, they've come here. Where are they? And she lied. And she protected the spies. And she said, well, they did come. And they were here, but they left. And if you hurry up, they went that way, maybe you can catch them. And so the guys take off, and she hid them on her roof. And she saved them. Prostitute. Her name was Rahab. And this is what happened in the story. Okay? I want to read a couple of verses out of this. Joshua 2, 12 to 13. Now then, she's talking to these spies. She says, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have showed kindness to you. Give me a sure sign, give me a sure sign, okay, that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and my sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death, okay? So later on, verse 17 and 18, the men said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land, you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother, your brothers and all your family into your house. So verse 21, agreed, she replied. Let it be as you say. So she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. They made a deal. The guy said, when we come back and we take this land, if you keep this scarlet cord tied and it's hanging from your window if you do that then everybody inside your house will be spared but if that scarlet cord's not there uh, you're on your own you hear, hear what i'm saying so it's all about this scarlet cord and so she hangs that scarlet cord out there and this is what happened what was her situation she was a prostitute she was in a doomed city a doomed people and we know that those walls came crashing down. She was in a doomed house. She had a bad address. She had no hope. No hope. And these guys show up, the enemy. And they show up. And all of a sudden, I believe, she had a faith conversion. Okay? In Joshua chapter 2, verses 9 to 13, this is what she says. I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea when you came out of Egypt and what you did at Sihon and Og, the two kings, the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you for Listen to her words. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. And she placed her faith in God. She said, your God is God. 
I see it, and she declared it. How many of you know the Bible says in New Testament, right? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, right? And, and when we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. And in the Old Testament, this is a, this is a conversion moment. Your Lord, your God, he is God of heaven and of the earth. And she professed it with her faith. And so she, she said, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family and give me a sure sign. And they gave her a scarlet cord. And the scarlet cord, cord is hope. That's the word. That's the word. And I looked at the original meaning of this word. And this word comes from a Hebrew word, the root word, called kavah. This is tikvah. It comes from the root word kavah, which means to weave strands together as if making a rope. So hope is a rope. That's what hope is. Hope is a rope. So what's your hope in? What's your hope in today? Because if your hope isn't anything or anyone other than the Lord, your hope will be disappointed. Because by definition of this word here, our hope is in a covenant of grace. And our hope is secure. But a lot of us, we have this kind of a rope, like a little lasso, right? And sometimes we put our hope in something else to make us happy, to deal with our problems, to get us through the day. Whoa, I'm not a cowboy, you can tell. But I gotta practice, I gotta practice, right? You know what I'm talking about. And sometimes it's a, it's a person. Oh, you're so lucky, I was, gonna, I was gonna pull you right up on stage, man. I was gonna get you. And whatever, whatever our rope is, right? Whatever we lasso, whatever our hope is, we're holding on to that, and that, that's what we're holding on to. And this literally is what the word hope means. It means to make a rope to hold on to something securely. And we do this all the time, but it's false hope. False hope all the time. Well, my, my job or the weather or my friend or my spouse. And we, we put it into people. We put it into things. We put it into accomplishments. And, and our hope always comes back disappointed because it's in the wrong thing. It's in the wrong thing. This is what true hope is. Ultimately, hope is in the Lord. It's in the covenant of grace. It's in the promises of God. So Rahab had a hope. It was a scarlet cord. And here's what the guy said. If that scarlet cord is still there, then you'll be saved. If not, mm -mm, on your own. How many of you think she checked that scarlet cord every single day till those guys came? Seven days? Those guys are marching around, and seven days, she's going to her window. Oh, man, I had another knot. It's, yep, it's still there because her hope was tangible. And if that scarlet cord wasn't there, if she had lost hope, if she had given up her hope in that promise, she would not have been saved. If she had given up hope, we know how precious hope is, right? And so what is your hope? 
Your hope is in the Lord. I got good news for you. Hope, according to the Hebrew, is not a wishy-washy hope like, oh, maybe this will happen, or a wish, or a dream, or something just kind of floating around. Hope in Hebrew is not something that's wishy. It is solid. It's something that you're literally holding on to. And I've got good news for you. All of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. All of them. What are you hoping for? The promises of God. You've got to understand the context of this story. Forty years ago, they gave up hope. They perished. It wasn't their salvation. They're in heaven. Okay, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the quality of life that God made possible for you today. Jesus spoke more about the quality of life today than he did about eternity. We know eternity. We got it made. No problem. But why not start tasting a little bit of heaven here on earth? Why not seeing some healing and some restorations and some breakthroughs in the practical relationships and things that we're contending with every day? I love the testimonies that God is restoring your lives. And, but we all need this. We all need to have hope in the promises of God. And the promises of God are sure. They're a sure thing. They're tangible. They're not something that maybe will happen or maybe won't happen. The Bible tells us very clearly, Jesus said himself, listen, all of the word of God, not a single jot or tittle will go unfulfilled. The word of God is eternal. It's flawless. It is always returns for the reason it went forth to produce the fruit in which it was sent forth to produce. Always. And Jesus is the epitome of our hope. You can't have a stronger, better, secure, tangible hope than you have if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Jesus is, so what does this have to do with Christmas? Um, Let me give you just a little bit of that real quick. I got way too much to say today, but not enough time to say it. So I'll just skip around a little bit. Psalm 130, verse 5 talks about this promise that people had been clinging to, the rope they had been holding on to for hundreds and thousands of years, okay? They've been holding on to this promise, not letting it go. It says, Psalm 130, verse 5, I wait for the Lord, my soul, my whole being waits, and in his word, I hold a rope. I put my hope in his word. The Psalm 130 goes on to say in verse 7 and 8, Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love. Everybody say unfailing love. And with him is full redemption. Say full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. This was the hope. There is a Savior who's coming. God himself is going to show up. And he is going to show up and he will save us. Save us from what? He will save us from all our sins. This is Christmas. This is the hope. The Savior. In in, uh, Hebrew, it would be the uh, Hamishiach. The Messiah is going to come. And when he comes... He's going to redeem us. He's going to save us. 
He's going to deliver us. There's hope in the Lord. He himself will redeem us. And so Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 to 23. Um, you know, Joseph was struggling. He didn't understand the significance of what was happening to Mary. And he was, he was uh, contemplating divorcing her or distancing himself from her. He didn't understand that this was from God. So an angel had to show up and set the record straight. Okay? So the angel showed up, and he said to Joseph, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from God, from the Holy Spirit. This is God working. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Uh, in Hebrew, Yeshua. You are to give him the name Yeshua, which means you are to give him the name the Lord saves. His name shall be the Lord saves. And he, because he will save his people from their sins. That's the rope. That's the hope. It's happening. The promised Messiah is coming. And he's coming to save his people from their sins. Full redemption is showing up. Woo! Come on! Verse 22, just in case you didn't believe it. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God has shown up. God's with us. He's here. Isn't that awesome? All right, so hope. What I want you to get away, get away from this today is that hope is a rope. And you need to have hope in the Lord. And you need to take your rope, your hope, and you need to lasso the promises of God. Because all of the promises of God have been fulfilled through Jesus Christ, our Savior. All of them. There isn't one promise of God that has not been fulfilled. Of course, there's a gap between our reality and the promise becoming a reality. That's why we have something called hope. Because hope holds on until the promise comes true. That's exactly what Rahab did. It was, a, it was at least seven days because they marched around the walls for seven days. You know what I'm saying? It was at least seven days for her. But every day she looked at, I'm, I guarantee you, she looked at that scarlet cord. I guarantee you because if it was me, there's no way I'd let that thing fall off that window, let one of my kids untie it and take it out for a jump rope or something like that. I'm like, no, 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 nobody's touching that cord. That thing is like, you know. That's my, that's my only way to be saved. And so that's hope. And so right now, what are you hoping in? What promises of God are you lassoing and holding on to until that becomes a reality? Let me ask you the, the, another question. How many promises of God have you already lassoed and saw it become a reality in your life? Come on, can I get an Amen. How many of those promises would have become a part of your reality 
if you dropped the rope and dropped the hope and stopped believing and stopped pressing and stopped following God's leading in your life. Don't drop your rope. Don't stop hope. Keep on holding on. And hope is a reality ready to happen for the believers who are believing in the promises of God. Can you get an amen? That's all I got. That's all I got. If I look at anything else there, it's not going to be as important what I just said. So I don't even want to look. Get sidetracked. So, you know, I want to end our service um, being a blessing to Teen Challenge, but I want to end our service being a blessing to anybody else here who maybe your hope is wavering. I got good news for you. You're still alive. You still got a lot of life to live. The best is still yet to come. And today, you can re-grab your rope, your hope. And uh, I, I want to ask several prayer teams, please, to come forward as we close our service so that we can come forward and be encouraged in whatever we're dealing with. Hope is incredibly important. It's not wishful. It is faith in God's promises. And for those of you in Teen Challenge, I would encourage you to come forward for prayer about the situations that you're hoping for the promises of God that you're holding on to for family members, for yourself, for finances, for jobs, for direction, for your future. We all have areas that we need to be holding on to the promises of God for, don't we? And, um, and today I want to encourage you to be hopeful because your hope is in the Lord. And right now we may have a gap, but we're going to keep holding on to the hope that we have until it becomes a reality. Amen? Amen. Hey, I got a final verse for you. Um, the Bible says that we, um, we do not want to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Through faith and through patience, we inherit the promises of God. Through holding on, and being strong in the Lord. All right? And so that's, this is a time for us to be hopeful and to build our hope in the Lord. So we're going to have an opportunity for us to come forward and pray for each other. And also, uh, on the trees, um, we do have some Christmas tags for Teen Challenge. Every year, uh, we try to bless them with a good Christmas. And if you'd like to uh, be a blessing to them and you'd like to buy a gift for someone over there, we have different tags on the trees. And uh, we kind of saved some for second service because the last couple of years you guys took them all. And the second service was like, come on, man. You know? uh, but anyway, if you'd like to do that, um, I'd like to give you some instructions on how to do that, okay? To make sure every gift is, is taken care of, we'd like you to see my wife over here and write down um, your name for which tag you took so we can make sure we have all the gifts for everybody for Team Challenge because we want to make sure we're faithful to follow through on all of that, okay? Are the tags only over here, Amy? So they're over in the, these trees over here, okay? Let's stand together. And during this time, I want to invite you to come forward for ministry, or you could come forward and, and uh, get a gift off the tree. Teen Challenge, you're welcome to come forward. We have very trusted men and women here who would love to stand with you guys, each one of us, in prayer.
and just stir our hope, strengthen our hope. Listen, your hope will not be disappointed in the Lord. I can't say this enough. There's a lot of scriptures in your notes that you can look up on this topic. A lot of verses that you need to be encouraged with. The Bible says here, um, no one who hopes in the Lord will ever be put to shame. I'm trying to just encourage you a little bit. Isaiah 49, 23, those who hope in me will not be disappointed. God is speaking to you to trust in him. He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, right? Plans for a future and a hope. He's for you. He's not against you. And uh, this is not wishful thinking. This is holding on to God, holding on to God. Um, this morning, before we release everyone for prayer, I want to just pray for all of us together. Would you bow your heads? And this morning, if you're here and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want to lead you in a prayer to get right with God today. He is your only hope, but he is everything you need. He is the answer to the deepest needs that we have as human beings. He has come as a Savior to forgive us of our sins and to set us free and redeem us and give us life and life to the full. And if you're here this morning, you need to get right with Jesus. I just want to lead you in a prayer right now. If that's you, just put your hand up high. Would you just put your hand up for a second? If that's you and you say, I want to get right with Jesus today. Okay, thank you. And I want to pray, pray with you who lifted your hands. And would all of us join together and just giving our hearts to the Lord this morning with those who are doing it today. And let's say this together. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. That you were sent by God because of love for me. And you gave your life for me. And you lived a sinless life. And you paid for my sin. So I could be free. And I could have life. And life to the full in you. And today, I place my faith in you, Jesus. I declare with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord. He's my Savior. He's my hope. And I'm all yours, God. Thank you for loving me, never giving up on me. Thank you for giving me a future and a hope. I place my trust in you my hope in you, and no one else, and nothing else, all of my hope is in you, in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, that you are our secure hope. So this morning, um, you guys got a song for us? All right, our awesome worship team is going to do a song for us, and uh, you'll be free to come forward for prayer uh, to get a, a tag off the tree. After this song, I'm going to close this with a blessing. Uh, but let's just worship the Lord and enjoy this last few moments together this morning.